You are listening to Inside Healthcare, a podcast presented by NCQA. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this special edition of Inside Healthcare. I'm Matt Brock. It's special because the topic is so compelling at this moment in time. We thought it imperative to release this edition immediately instead of on our regular two-week interval. So let's not delay. NCQA's President Peggy O'Kane joins our public policy vice president, Frank Michike, to hold an important discussion about the country's long battle with its original sin, racism. It's clear to many more now. The black community in this country experiences things differently when it comes to how they are treated in everyday life and, yes, even in the exam room. We encourage discussions like this one. We encourage new ideas for a very old problem. And yes, we believe there is a role for measurement to influence real change. Now, please excuse the audio. With COVID keeping us home, we're missing that studio sound. Here are Peggy and Frank. Good morning, Peggy. Uh, This morning, we're going to be talking about the events of the recent weeks. Uh, Obviously, this has been some of the most tumultuous times in recent memory. The murder of George Floyd, the protests, the violence, excessive police response, and, and just the public display of the anguish that black people have expressed about the injustice that they face in the country has been nothing short of gut-wrenching. Before we talk about what NCQA can do to cast a light on racial disparities in healthcare and drive improvements in this area, I wondered if you'd like to reflect on your feelings as an individual about what we're living through right now. Yeah, I think anguish captures it and um, shame, honestly. Um, You know, we're all kind of facing up to something that has been going on for our whole lives and longer. Um, And, you know, I think the shocking nature of the Floyd murder um, just really kind of forced us to kind of really take a look at the big picture. And, um, uh, you know, there's a part of it that's about fundamental injustice in our country. And there's also a part of it that's about health care. And so, you know, it's kind of like one feels very humbled by the whole experience because, you know, each of us is just one small person in a large country. And the confusion and the, you know, the kind of background also of anger and division that's been created in this country uh, you couldn't have a more uh, receptive environment for anger and um, and and um, I think some of the violence is really shocking. Um, it's just it's it's scary and it, it's something that we can't stand for. Uh, and we know the roots are deep and the solutions are not superficial. Um, so what we did, we put out a statement, as you mentioned, and um, we tried to acknowledge the severity of the situation, the need to do something to move forward. And yet we all know that uh, if there were simple answers, we might have gotten there already. So um, one feels humbled and um and also determined um, that we, we really do have to move forward. So, And what do you think that entails? 
in terms of moving forward, both uh, maybe as, as individuals and as a country, but also specifically to what NCQA has right. uh, expertise in. What does that look like? Well, I think as individuals, um, we all have the right to vote. We, uh, you know, we're part of the, we, we create the public policy of this country and um, we see that it needs a major uh, tune-up, and um, so there's that. Um, and there are many ways uh, besides voting to contribute to that conversation. Um, so I'm going to leave that aside because that's up to, to individual people, I think, and citizens uh, um, to do what they need to do. Um, as an organization, I, you know, we have been we see in our data that the health outcomes for African Americans and other minority groups, there's been a chronic problem uh, that we've been aware of as long as we've been measuring quality. And, uh, you know, kind of just looking at the map of the United States, I think we see um, where there are high minority or um, populations, the health outcomes are poor. Some of that relates to what healthcare is doing, and, and a lot of it actually relates to the underlying um, disparity in opportunity. Uh, you know, people live in food deserts. Uh, people are under a lot of stress that have uh, healthcare implications. The educational system is broken in a lot of places. That correlates with health. Um, so again, it's it's kind of a knotty situation, but something that we've been working on uh, for a number of years uh, to kind of really try to plot out uh, what are what are some of the things that we can do something about. Um, you know, we have worked, we have a contract with CMS to work on uh, disparities. For example, one of the really tangible outcomes of that was uh, that when we looked at the data, Medicare data, uh, we saw that, you know, there's, there's been a, another problem uh, running in the background, which is uh, opioids and overuse of opioids. So um, one of the solutions, of course, is to kind of restrict access to opioids. Um, one of the things that we saw in the in the data from CMS is that people who have sickle cell disease, who have a lot of pain issues, who use opioids to manage their pain, were now facing uh, restricted use, and this was resulting in a lot more pain in their lives. So uh, it was a, a recommendation uh, to us to uh, to Medicare to look at its policies. And they have now um, made a, an exception for that. And we see it over and over again. We just we know that poverty in itself uh, leads to poorer health outcomes, and that um, you know certain racial and ethnic groups have had poorer health outcomes. And then we have COVID, which is also um, you know it's striking. Uh, that the health outcomes are so poor for. Um, Blacks and Hispanics in particular, and this relates to often the jobs they do, you know, their essential workers disproportionate to their presence in the population and to the housing situations that they live in. They are much more likely to get infected and then um, 
uh, you know, they're likely to get a larger viral load, which leads to poorer outcomes. Um, so it's kind of one thing after another, and it's just culminated, I think, with this murder, um, you know, the, the kind of shocking disparity that's been going on in this country. And um, I think anybody that has a conscience has to think, all right, we need to, we need to like, have a really serious uh, set of policy interventions here. So I think... Uh, all of that um, very uh, poignant and, and thought-provoking. I think everyone in the country who's watching this situation is wondering what they can do. And as an organization, I think um, we bring uh, some very specific skills and expertise uh, to, to this uh, problem. Uh, but drilling down, what can NCQA do to help advance an agenda that um, gets at these inequities? Well, I mean, this is a larger conversation we're going to be having because, um, you know, we have tools that, um, that enable plans to demonstrate, for example, uh, that they do a, you know, they do a good job identifying populations that need particular attention and then doing something about it. We have a multicultural health care program that we've had for a long time uh, that has been um, kind of acknowledging where plans are making special efforts uh, to identify disparities in the outcomes of care and to reduce them. And, um, you know, there's been a lot of good work done. I, I think, you know, we need to take a look at, should these be more than optional things that are being done? Um, can we shine a, a better light on uh, the reduction in disparities? I think one of the things that stands in the way of that is the data issues. Um, you know, Medicare has good data on race and ethnicity, but many other um, Sectors like the commercial sector and Medicaid may have different uh, types of, of categorizations and so forth. So there's kind of a, you know, there's a need for us as a country to kind of grapple with that and try to have more clarity about what's actually happening. Um, and until we have good categorizations um, and similar categorizations, it's hard to benchmark. So I know many states have categories and so forth of, um, you know, many of them have so many categories, it's hard to make anything out of them. Uh, so I think a data strategy to identify groups and to be able to benchmark um, and, and see very clearly what the disparities are, it's, it's kind of a part of the task of measurement that we do. And we've grappled with it for a long time, maybe, uh, we can work with others to try to get to a place where the picture can be brought into sharper focus. Again, yeah. I feel humble because we can't just go out there and declare that everybody's going to follow th this way of counting. But um, we do have a, a bully pulpit and a, and a measurement pulpit, if you will, um, for um, trying to advance that conversation and get to better clarity. Yeah, and on that point, I, I know on the point of um, identifying disparities and then driving improvement in those uh, areas, I know uh, previous podcasts, 
past guest, uh, Tom Curtis from Michigan. What I thought was really interesting when we had the discussion with Tom, what the Medicaid program did in these areas where they identified disparities, it was about bringing plans together and saying, as a group, please identify how we can do better. That's just one example of how we can um, maybe get there and how we as an organization can um, bring people to the table, share best practices, um, and and measure where where measurement contributes to that. Yeah, and I think those are all the, those are the tools that we have. I do think that we're at a moment where uh, all sectors of our society um, really are kind of pulling up short and saying, wait a minute, it's not working, or it's not working enough to really address the problem in the way it needs to be addressed. And so it's a moment of um, perhaps greater motivation across the board, I hope so, yeah. uh, when, when we can do our part and join with others, because nobody does this alone. Well, let me ask you, what do you think are the essential elements of real change in terms of how the healthcare system and, and really the country as a whole uh, approach the issues that have been raised by the, the last few weeks? Well, I mean, I think it, it's never it's never that mysterious. It's a there needs to be a commitment, and b there needs to be a a serious cycle of you know, they call it plan, do, study, act, and quality improvement. You know, what are we going to do? Then we do it. Then we measure whether it worked. And then we, you know, we change it up if it's not working or if we learned something in the process um, uh, about how to do it better. And it's a cycle, and you just keep measuring and and trying different things. It's It's not easy. Uh, it's, I mean, healthcare is complicated, life is complicated. Um, so you have to have, uh, you know, kind of a lot of transparency and a lot of commitment to measuring to make sure that your great ideas actually work. And, um, the, the history of quality improvement is littered with, um, uh, Good ideas that didn't work, that sounded good, um, and and so it's the, it's really at the heart of what NCQA does uh, to kind of like you hold yourself accountable by looking at the numbers and looking at the data. How do you see your role as an employer in addressing the situation and the issues that have been raised uh, and particularly brought to a head over the last few weeks? Well, I think our first responsibility is to look into it and find out, are there things that we should be doing to do better uh, in terms of, you know, equitable uh, human resources practices? Um, you know, so we are, we're going to bring in uh, somebody outside with fresh eyes on the situation uh, to kind of lead us through just an examination of what we've been doing, what our outcomes are. Are there areas where we could do better? Um, and I, I have no doubt in my mind that there will be areas identified there. Um, you know, we, uh, we're proud of uh, our workforce. Uh, we are committed to helping them to thrive and grow. Um, are there ways to do that that are more effective than what we're currently doing? Um, so 
I think this is kind of one where you have to you just have to engage in the exercise of talking to people, listening to people um, about what they see and that we may not see as the leaders of the organization, uh, and then uh, come up with a plan. It's all again about strategy and identification of opportunities um, that will pay off ultimately in um, what feels like a more uh, forward-leaning or uh, kind of uh, set of practices um, to make sure that we have racial equity and um, and uh, and so forth in our organizations. So it starts with a mindset, right? It starts with a mindset of, yeah, we think we're doing pretty well, and we're sure we're blind about some things and um what are they and uh how can we do better it's always about continuous improvement great well uh as you say um there have been plenty of efforts on a number of fronts to make real change i think we are all inspired to um to make this a successful effort we really uh, i think speaking as an organization i can say we welcome um the the uh, cooperation and partnership with all sorts of actors from across the healthcare spectrum, but even uh, more broadly as we try to um, uh, maximize what we can do to address these concerns. So thank you for your time this morning and, um, uh, and your leadership uh, through this uh, difficult time. All Thanks, right. Peggy. All right, thank you. Good discussion. I can tell you similar ones happened last week all over the hallowed, albeit electronic, halls of NCQA. I encourage you to visit our website, www.ncqa.org, to get a closer look at the steps we are taking broadly and in healthcare more precisely. Again, we encourage everyone to have these discussions, to learn from each other, to find common ground and to build a better quality of life for us all. Thanks for listening to Inside Healthcare. I'm Matt Brock. We'll see you again, no doubt.